Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the guest podcast. Today, we are speaking to none other than Isla Jad. In addition to being a prominent figure in the Palestinian women's movement, she's also an associate professor, lecturer, gender specialist, and the former director of the Women's Studies Institute at Birzeit University. Her latest book is entitled Palestinian Women's Activism, Nationalism, Secularism, Islamism, and it explores women's activism in Palestine against the backdrop of the historical and political landscape that affects the broader national struggle with a focus on the activism of Islamist women specifically. Isla, welcome to the guest podcast. Thank you. Just before we uh, get into talking uh, about your book, uh, I would also like to ask a little bit about uh, your 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 institute at the Birzeit University. What is, uh, how, how do you see your institute's role uh, at the university and in and in Palestine more 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 broadly well uh, actually the institute came as a result of our relationship with the women's movement in Palestine uh, in the after the first uprising in uh, 1987 uh, lots of uh, uh, visitors came to ask about women's role in the society and uh, uh, you know the history of the women's movement etc so some activists came to the uh, uh, to us in the Birzeit University and they told us we want to know more about ourselves uh, and we don't we want to have an academic program about us as women and our activism you know our history because you know it was not known for all the activists so the idea came from here that was uh, um, in uh, 1990 and since 1990 we started to work on uh, Establishing an academic uh, program that came to light in 1994 as a, a minor program in women's studies. Uh, but in uh, it worked very well. It was very popular in the university, and lots of uh, males and female students joined. You know our courses. Uh, some of the courses were on the history of the women's movement in the Arab world and in Palestine, and uh, you know introductory to women's studies and stuff like this. But in 1998, uh, we you know, uh, move to have our first uh, academic master's degree program in women's studies. It was uh, under the name Gender Law and Development, uh, and it came also as a result of uh, our cooperation with uh, a feminist uh, organization in our society, uh, who wanted to have uh, uh, an academic degree, uh, you know, about gender and law uh, and development. So we started, you know, this program, as I said, in 1998, and it was the first academic program in an Arab university. It was the first wow. one in wow. all the Arab world. And afterwards, uh, you know, the idea started to spread, and we supported many academic programs in other uh, Arab universities in Jordan, in Yemen, in uh, uh, in the Emirates, uh, in Qatar, in uh, in Egypt, uh, in so many Arab, uh, in Lebanon, 
Lebanon, of course, uh, so many Arab countries that we started to spread, you know, uh, the, you know, our knowledge and, uh, uh, accumulated knowledge about how to establish an academic program on gender studies and women's studies. So you were the pioneers in this uh, field. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> With modesty, yeah. And it, 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 it turned to be very attractive. And sometimes we receive, you know, uh, uh, calls from outside uh, asking to join the program, students from Lebanon, Jordan, but unfortunately under the occupation and with the restrictions of movement and, uh, and the people coming in and leaving out, it was not possible to host students from outside the country. So we, uh, we, we have students uh, uh, coming from the West Bank from inside uh, uh, 48 territories, I mean uh, Israel, and we are also, we used to have lots, half of our students, they used to come from Gaza, but unfortunately after, you know, the separation between Gaza and the West Bank and the blockade on Gaza, uh, the students from Gaza, they couldn't finish their degree in the program. Exactly. And 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 I just want to uh, maybe use this up opportunity where you're talking about this need for uh, a women's and gender studies program in Palestine. Uh, I can imagine this, you know, I can imagine that need, especially for uh, academic uh, uh, study in, in this field, because it is, from what I understand, a very complicated field uh, in Palestine. And I think that the, the title of your book uh, sort of hints uh, at this, you know, these com complications. It's called uh, Nationalism, Secularism, and Islamism. So you have these three contradictions or like tensions between gender and nationalism in Palestine, but then also secularism and Islamism, and then also uh, politically between the Palestinian Authority in, in the West Bank and the Hamas in Gaza. Um, can you maybe, I know this is maybe a very broad and very huge question, but would you maybe like to reflect uh, for, for us a little bit on the the role of the women's movement or feminism as an ideology within uh, these tensions? Well, uh, yes, of course, you know, before the establishment of the Palestinian Authority after the Oslo Agreement in 1993 mm -hmm. and the beginning of the Palestinian Authority in 1994, we didn't have this tension. I mean that all, you know, groups and all political groups were... Uh, uh, directing their efforts uh, towards one objective, which is fighting the occupation and struggling to achieve national independence. But with the establishment of the Palestinian Authority, uh, that you know, uh, and the after the first uh, the sec the the uh, legislative election of two thousand and six that brought the Islamists to power, uh, uh, that was a bit you know a complication on the political uh, field in the sense that uh, the political elite guided by the Fatah organization, uh, the spearhead in the uh, Palestinian Liberation Organization or the PLO that used to dominate the political scene for national struggle outside or inside Palestine uh, now came to uh, the election br 
brought to uh, uh, to the scene uh, unwelcomed uh, unwelcomed uh, you know actor which is the Islamist and uh, of course what happened is that the Palestinian Authority did not uh, transfer power to the Islamist whether in the legislative council or in the government uh, the Palestinian Authority and also the Israeli occupation forces that arrested uh, um, more than one third you know more than one third of the legislators who have been elected and uh, now having the Islamists you know in the political uh, uh, scene uh, it was uh, uh, an introduction to have a split a political schism or a split between the Palestinians, uh, you know, uh, first between uh, Hamas and Fatah, and uh, second, it became between Gaza and the West Bank, because, uh, you know, some force w- was used against the Islamists in Gaza that led to overthrow the authority in Gaza and control it, uh, uh, and of course, you know, uh, uh, get rid of the, uh, the Fatah, uh, uh, leaders and governments uh, headed by Fatah and to be controlled by the uh, Islamists. So the, the, the division is politically. Uh, it is driven by political reasons. But later on, I noticed that uh, some uh, women activists started to say uh, or, or started to enforce this split as a, a, a coming from a gender perspective that uh, we the secularists, the feminist secularists uh, and they the Islamist conservative uh, so the book uh, tried to tackle this uh, issue and I tried to trace the history of uh, you know uh, what is secularism in the Palestinian uh, history and uh, does secularism in our context reject religion uh, or you know uh, groups uh, driven by uh, uh, religious uh, slogans or not and my findings that it was not I mean the construction of Palestinian secularism was never against religion or at the exclusion uh, of uh, of religion. So what I uh, concluded is that the, the the rejection is political. It is not about you know uh, being secular or Islamist more than being you know different uh, uh, or having a different political uh, stand vis-a-vis the uh, the other. Okay. Yeah. So um, I found this really interesting where you said that um, the the feminists and secularists were allied together and the uh, Islamists and uh, I guess non-feminist conservatism would be so is it marked by gender the uh, you know the conservative religious person and the secular feminist are they marked as male female largely in their affiliations uh, no because you can find lots of women joining the Islamic uh, movement uh, uh, yeah, ranks I mean uh, in the history of the Palestinian national movement, you know, being a religious was not a lacuna, you know, I mean, religious, non-religious, I mean, people were unified under the banner of uh, struggling against the occupation and get rid of the occupation and uh, seeking national, uh, you know, uh, uh, self-determination or uh, liberation. So, uh, uh, as I tried to say that the, the, the division was really 
recent. It, it is recent as a result of the uh, legislative uh, election of 2006 that uh, uh, proved that the, 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 the Islamists are the majority, they are more than two-thirds of the legislative uh, council. That reality was not easy to absorb by uh, their uh, opponent. Uh, and here start, you know, the uh, the political uh, schism or, or the poli- political, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, division. But uh, when it comes to women, uh, being religious or non-religious, it was not uh, a factor that impede women from cooperating to, together. It became so uh, after the political split, after the political split, and we can see that lots of women are joining, uh, you know, the uh, the Islamist uh, uh, forces, uh, and uh, lots of women voted. Actually, more than men uh, voted for the Islamist uh, forces. I, I mean, the Hamas movement. So, uh, uh, having this huge number of women voting for a political party, it doesn't mean that they are less uh, feminist or less nationalist. You know, so that was the purpose of the book to 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 show that there are lots of commonalities, lots of common ground between you know both uh, sides, and uh, uh, and uh, I I presented some critique for uh, the women calling themselves uh, secularists, uh, you know, by uh, saying that uh, 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 you know I I was uh, tracing what I termed uh, a homegrown uh, Palestinian. Palestinian feminism, uh, uh, Palestinian feminism that combined uh, feminism with uh, national struggle in a very harmonious way. You know uh, 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 that you know it was uh, uh, looking at women's situation on the ground. They were uh, organically uh, in linkage with women on on the ground, and uh, uh, through this uh, connection, if they uh, if they face a case of uh, domestic violence or a case of um, uh, you know patriarchal control uh, of mobility or whatever they dealt with it very smoothly you know through the uh, group pressure or community pressure because they were integral part in the community so it was very you know a harmonious way of integrating uh, gender issues with uh, national struggle issues, you know. So what happened with the establishment of the Palestinian Authority and the influx of donor aid uh, and funding uh, that lots of women's uh, orga- non-governmental organizations started to spread. Uh, these organizations were driven by what I uh, called universal uh, uh, discourse on, uh, on feminism or universal uh, discourse on uh, gender issues uh, as CEDAW and you know uh, uh, all the jargon of uh, uh, universal conventions on women's rights etc so uh, this uh, uh, convention these universal conventions uh, were in need to be rooted in the Palestinian uh, uh, you know uh, society to be rooted to be you know uh, uh, to be adapted to the context 
in which Palestinian women uh, live because you cannot uh, 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 speak about women's rights in Palestine as you speak about it in India or in Sweden or in Pakistan or in Egypt. Uh, women's rights here are uh, uh, fully linked to the general context, the general political context. And the general political context is completely dominated by the Israeli hegemonic occupation power. You know, you can get very well education. We have a very big number of well-educated women. But when they finish their education, the labor market that is controlled and, uh, you know, uh, and uh, directed towards the benefit of the Israeli uh, economic market, these women, highly educated women, they cannot find work, you know, because uh, the, the economic uh, market is very small and very, very, uh, you know, uh, controlled by uh, Isra- the Israeli power. That We have the products of settlements pouring into our market. We have uh, whatever you want to do, you cannot uh, have any uh, economic activity uh, free from this uh, hegemonic and destructive uh, uh, Israeli uh, power. And the same, uh, you know, applies on uh, other issues like violence, for example. If you want to go to the university, you see the violence of the, check, the Israeli checkpoints. Uh, uh, you, the, if you want to go to the nature, you see the violence of the uh, settlers invading the public space and preventing Palestinians from spending time in their nature. I mean, you know, uh, this violence everywhere around you, you cannot separate it from other forms of violence, whether economic or social or domestic or whatever. So talking about violence as if it's uh, uh, in separation from your context uh, and following these uh, universal conventions, uh, I was criticizing uh, this, you know, <coughs> blind application of uh, universal uh, conventions and saying let us go back to the homegrown Palestinian feminism that you know uh, uh, interlinked uh, very nicely and smoothly and uh, creatively uh, between uh, women's rights and uh, national rights and if we do so we will not find great in uh, contradictions with the Islamists. Exactly and and uh, I also want to return a little bit to sort of the the the, the gendering of of uh, of the women's movement in Palestine because what you what you said now about uh, the Israeli occupation sort of you know um, uh, being sort of omnipresent in in everything like in the movement everything you like this violence is all around you it's it it uh, it it brought me back to uh, a part of your book where you're talking about that at one point um, women in in Palestine depending on whether they fall sort of under the Islamist wing or the secular wing are sort of gendered differently, where the the Islamist woman or the Muslim woman is is uh, gendered as uh, this veil-bearing caretaker, I think you formulated it as, and the secular woman is gendered as sort of this, um, you know, uh, this go-getter, this very in- individualistic uh, taker. So, th- so women in Palestine are gendered as sort of takers and givers, uh, Yet at the same time, these uh, takers 
you know, that have been gendered as such, they still live under Israeli occupation. Absolutely. So how much are so how much are you? How much does this, you know, how much can you really take yeah. as, as a woman in society, right? Yeah. Well, this is exactly the issue. I mean, once the Palestinian uh, authority was established, you know, uh, and the, with the adoption of the uh, universal conventions on women's rights, uh, uh, some NGOs, many uh, feminist NGOs and 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 some uh, women activists uh, dealt with the Palestinian Authority as a full-fledged independent state in control of its resources, in control of its uh, uh, you know uh, uh, in control of its uh, 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 territory in control of its population uh, and in total control of you know uh, its national uh, boundary which is not the case at all this authority it is not a sovereign they don't <laughs> it is not a sovereign entity they don't control the borders you know they don't control the resources look at you know uh, the gas will in the in front of the Gaza Sea uh, it, it belongs to the Palestinians but it is stolen by the Israelis and no one can do anything to prevent the Israelis from stealing, you know, uh, 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 the Palestinian gas. And the Palestinians live in Gaza in the dark because they don't have enough power uh, to run their uh, electric power grid. And the Israelis are stealing, you know, the the energy that can make functioning these uh, uh, power grids. Anyhow, so uh, dealing with the Palestinian uh, Authority as a sovereign authority was a great mistake because as I said the Palestinian Authority does not control its market it, it does not control its territories it does not control its people you, Palestinian Authority cannot define who is a Palestinian is the Palestinian living under the Israeli uh, authority in uh, the territories? Uh, you have two million Palestinians living inside Israel. Are they considered for the Palestinian Authority Palestinians? No, they cannot uh, uh, have a Palestinian passport. Are the uh, uh, the majority of uh, uh, Jordanian inhabitants uh, in Jordan? They are Palestinians or originally Palestinian. Can the Palestinian Authority consider them? as Palestinians? No. Any Palestinian refugee in the world, can uh, they grant this person a passport to enter or come back to his homeland? No. So the basic rights, the basic rights of Palestinian as, you know, uh, uh, a citizen, they cannot have it. They cannot be citizen in their homeland. You know, they cannot benefit of a Palestinian, Palestinian passport to return to their, to their homeland. So dealing with the Palestinian Authority as a sovereign entity in control of its authority and can apply its laws uh, everywhere was a great mistake, you know, by the women's movement uh, or the uh, some feminist uh, activists uh, to look at the uh, Palestinian uh, Authority as a, a total sovereign uh, authority and claim rights and claim rights. So this is how the Islamists looked at these women, you know, as they just want to take 
you know, benefits and rights from uh, an authority that it is not in control of its people. And they forgot, you know, that be, uh, above this authority, there is a, 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 a most uh, robust and powerful power, which is the Israelis, that we have to direct our eyes to uh, against it and get our independence. Right. But, and this is where you say in, in your book that at this point, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is where... Uh, Uh, the Hamas, in order to bolster its sort of voter base, actually went on to include women in in uh, in their work or in their political work, and managed uh, to to sort of combine the the national and social rights of Palestinian women. Is that correct? Well, uh, of course, the the, the, uh, the 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 very important point is that they took the banner of the feminist, the homegrown feminist you know, movement uh, of dealing and caring for the uh, prisoners, uh, political prisoners, dealing with the uh, martyrs, uh, you know, and their families and their children. Uh, and this was, you know, the, the task now of uh, the Islamist women in Hamas, because they have uh, a very big number of political prisoners. They have a big number of, uh, you know, uh, killed people by the Israeli uh, force. Uh, handicapped people by the Israeli random shooting sometimes, etc. So they have to deal with this group of people. They have to de- take care of their families. They have to take care of their children, etc. So uh, this is what, the, you know, they call it, we, ha- we still need to give to our nation. You know, we, we still need, need to, to take care of the people who have been affected by the Israeli, uh, occupation and the colonial, uh, policies of the Israeli, uh, uh, you know, authority. So, uh, framing, uh, framing this, you know, as a primary, uh, task, uh, did not, you know, uh, did not uh, impede them from dealing with women on the ground you know but the the category of women they are dealing with they are the women victims of the occupation policies and the colonial israeli policies uh this i have to say that the islamists are taking care of this uh, of this group in the meanwhile they are into you know education they have a, a very high level of educated women activists in the islamist uh, movement they have uh, they defend the right for women to write, to get education, etc. The main difference is about the uh, what law has to organize gender relations. And here, yes, there are some differences, you know, because uh, some, uh, you know, feminist uh, uh, women, they call for total equality, and the Islamists, they go for co- what they term it complementarity, that we have uh, different nature and we complement each other. So, so it is not about total equality, but about it is about uh, complementarity. There are lots of literature about this, uh, you know, uh, dichotomies, uh, complementarities, complementarity versus equality. But 
the 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 possible common ground between this uh, dichotomy is not that huge because as i said again because the national uh, the national framework in the palestinian case would pressure to uh, to bring this dichotomy closer together you know if if we put you know uh, uh, if we put as uh, as goals common goals uh, of fighting you know uh, the the occupation uh, that is stealing our resources and uh, uh, and victimizing our people and affecting our daily life at all uh, levels. So, yes, uh, but in, in all the cases, you know, uh, uh, fighting over what kind of law should organize gender relation is in a way absurd in the uh, in our situation because we don't have a legislative council. As I said, most of the elected uh, legislators are in prison or, you know, uh, uh, persecuted by the Israelis. And, uh, you know, the Palestinian Authority announced that in May we will have a new legislative election. The Israelis with all, you know, a insulting language for everyone in our society, said if there are uh, Islamist uh, legislators who will be elected again, we will put them in prison. You see? So so this is the kind of political life you have. So mm-hmm. fighting over the laws. You don't have a body to legislate any laws about anything. Most of the laws come out of the president as as presidential decrees. And of course, this is against any uh, democratic political uh, system, you know. So fighting over the laws that will govern the gender relations. And in the meanwhile, you know, the body that should legislate is in this array like this. I think we should fight first to have our uh, legislative body, you know, intact and functioning functioning in order to uh, to fight after that over the laws that should govern us right isla in this um, dialogue i suppose between the notions of equality and the notion of complementarity uh, what are the points of friction are there a specific uh, you know uh, points of rights or something at which there is yeah at which there's more friction than others well uh, yeah when it comes for example about uh, the women's right to uh, um, let me try to remember exactly the point of frictions about uh, uh, if a woman has the right to uh, marry herself for example huh? uh, if it is uh, uh, religiously acceptable to ab- abolish uh, polygamy for example uh, you know uh, they are uh, the Islamists against to abolish uh, polygamy because it was mentioned in the Holy Book you know but they are with uh, uh, control it. You know that it could be in front of a judge, for example, uh, uh, to make sure that uh, the man who wants to remarry is uh, financially capable, etc. I mean to organize it, but not to abolish it, you see? So this is one of the issues. Uh, uh, another issue concerning uh, the uh, what we term wilaya, that a woman is sovereign to decide who to marry and when to marry, etc. Or it should be, you know, her um, 
uh, her guardian, her father, for example, uh, or whatever. So uh, uh, also about uh, issues related to, um, okay, we said the polygamy, uh, custody, it's uh, no, not a, a point of friction. So uh, I think it, it, what, what could be said as friction points is not that major uh, points if there is a good will uh, to uh, to have you know a common uh, ground for understanding and 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 uh, and have mutual respectable relationship and uh, uh, recognizing uh, each other you know that we are not uh, you know denying uh, the 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 legitimacy of one another but recognizing uh, each other and you know uh, having uh, a mutual respect and cooperative relationship which is possible because of the pressuring uh, you know um, national framework as I said before. And just as a very quick follow up, is is there some move towards having a uniform civil code that uh, people could take recourse to if they wanted? There was a call uh, a call for having a civil code but uh, uh, as I said you know <coughs> the the general uh, context doesn't help in this regard, and be, be more than more than uh, you know uh, the the rejection uh, comes from women. It comes from the religious establishment within the Palestinian Authority itself. You have religious establishment. You know the uh, the Waqf uh, Ministry. You have uh, different councils uh, under the ban of the Palestinian Authority uh, all having you know religious scholars they are the, the first uh, opponent to what you know uh, comes from the Palestinian Authority sometimes or from the women's uh, movement so having a civil code uh, it is not on the table and uh, if it is on the table I, I think it will face a huge rejection from within the Palestinian Authority uh, and it's a religious establishment itself, uh, and then from the uh, Islamist movement. All right. Thank you so much for that, Isla. And I just want to, because we're at the end of the podcast here, I'm afraid, uh, time-wise, so I would just like to finish with uh, with a question for you. I know you've touched on this in, in our, our talk so far, but... Um, what do you feel personally now after after uh, the electoral vic- victory of the Hamas, uh, the blockade against Gaza? There's been two Israeli wars since 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 uh, since that time. What do you think is the most viable step forward now in all of this confusion for for the Palestinian women's movement? What is the first thing that needs to happen? I think what it needs to happen is to unify to unify our uh, ranks and uh, division with. In the Palestinian is something you know very wished and, and inspired by the Israeli uh, occupation. They work uh, since the very beginning of the Zionist movement on divide and rule. Uh, so uh, being divided will not help to get rid of the occupation nor the Israeli colonial policies uh, at all. So uh, the first thing is how to get uh, uh, to be unified. That's why the, the the obsession in my book is 
the importance of being unified and the import the, the we, that we shouldn't enforce the culture of division and we should instead enforce the culture of unity. Uh, unity is very important uh, to get rid of the occupation, to liberate our country and to liberate ourselves as women, you know. So uh, this will be my first step. Isla, thank you so much. And I just want to say here towards the end, the book is called Palestinian Women's Activism, Nationalism, Secularism and Islamism by Isla Jad. I hope this was uh, a, a good introduction to all of you out there who are interested in reading more about this incredibly fascinating topic. Isla, once again, thank you so much for joining the guest podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Giti. And thank you, Thomas. Have a good day.